Oh, what a difference a week makes. After beginning Big 12 play 0-2, the Cougars have roared back with two wins in a row. We'll talk about it with head coach Mark Pope, a.k.a. Mr. 101. That's coming up right now on BYU-TV and ESPN+. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Good evening, Cougar fans, and welcome inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building on the beautiful campus of Brigham Young University right here in Provo, Utah. My name is Jason Shepard. We are live and on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps as well as on ESPN+. We got a good one for you tonight. Coming up on the show, we'll look back at BYU's Big 12 win streak. The Cougars picked up a historic win at UCF and then followed that up with a home win versus fellow top 25 team, Iowa State. We'll go into the film room with Richie Saunders and BYU TV's Jerem Jordan. We'll also go deep blue with BYU basketball strength and conditioning coach Michael Davey. Sophomore guard and apparent social media heartthrob Dallin Hall joins us in Studio C. We'll have some fun and games with Dallin and coach and we'll answer your deepest, darkest social media Q&A with the two guys. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's uh, get the night started with the coach who just eclipsed his 101st win as the head coach of the BYU Cougars. You know him, you love him. He is Mark Pope. So they handed out Red Bull before you guys came in. Is that the deal? <laughs> Thanks for being here, guys. It's awesome. All right. Ooh, the audio. Is that me? Am I ringing? Getting a little, uh, little reverb. I love it. I sound fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look, as we like to do at the beginning of every show, uh, Coach, we start with uh, what's on Mark's mind today? I love that picture, by the way. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> the music. The music, it really does set the tone. Yes, it so does. What's, what is on your mind tonight? All right, so I was walking over thinking about it. We better have something on our mind tonight. And um, so after, uh, one of my favorite things to do is, is um, post-game is, it, it's, there's a lot. So. Um, we go post game, uh, I get to first thing, go give Leanne a kiss, then go in the locker room, do a debrief with the team, then we go do BYU TV, then we go into the press room and do the print media, and then come out and do uh, the radio, and then I meet with the squad, sometimes, hey, sometimes for, uh, sometimes, f you know, depending on how things went for half an hour to two hours, and then my favorite part of the whole night is I get to go home. And oftentimes I'll you know, roll in at one or two o'clock in the morning and Lee and any number of my daughters will be there. And that's when I get to hear the real critique of the game. I actually love it. It's actually so fantastic. It's, it's my favorite part of the whole night. 
So um, I got home and Lee had two dear, dear friends at the house. Lee's nervous right now. She's like, what is he about to say? <laughs> and she had two dear friends that were in town. It was their first time coming to a game at the Marriott Center. And, and they're like best friends. They, they, they share everything. And um, so the best part of the recap was them telling me that there was a fan sitting in the vicinity of Leanne that was being critical of our players. It's a no-no. If you are ever lucky enough to sit a seat or two or three away from Lee, don't do that. Because <laughs> she is not good at letting it go. So these are like her sons. And, um, and so I won't go into specific details about the conversations or words that were used. But it was beautiful. It was my favorite of all the great things that happened Saturday night. My favorite one was hearing her best friends recount that story. Don't mess with our boys, guys. That's all I'm saying. Don't mess with our boys. <laughs> I like that, right? We like that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So you guys all know Leanne sitting in the court. Let's give it up for Lee, please. Yeah. It might be dangerous when we walk in the house tonight. We'll see. <laughs> I was going to say, the conversations <laughs> you're going to have later, yes. <laughs> okay, so I, if you will allow me, I know it doesn't have the same ring, you know, what's on Jason's mind. Yes. It's not the same. But I, I would like to bring something up. I don't realize that you are in the middle of a season, so I don't know how much you are paying attention to, say, the NBA. But yesterday, there was a fairly big trade in the NBA. Pascal Siakam was traded from the Toronto Raptors to the Indiana Pacers. And they just happened on social media today to release the jersey number that Pascal Siakam is going to wear. And it happens to be number 43 for the Indiana Pacers. Are you guys aware who the last person to wear number 43 was with the Indiana Pacers? This guy right here. You were the last person to wear that back in 1999. You, and I know that you like to be self-deprecating on your NBA career, but Never. you were in the league. Yes. You were in the league for a while. Yes. Your thoughts on uh, Indiana <sighs> taking number 43 out of retirement yeah. and giving it to Pascal Siakam. Well, I would like to say that, that the reason nobody's worn it is because it was up in the rafters. That is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> I think that every player that's come to the Pacers since I played there was convinced that they did not want to have as ignominious a career as I did. And so they're like, we're not going to 43. Um, in, in fact, interestingly enough, the way I got to 43, I was number 32 and then 41 in college. Um, but being the last player on the team, uh, 32 and 41 were taken. And so I just ended up having to dig deep into the bag and get to 43. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I will say this. Like, could there be a better person or player or story wearing 43 for the Indiana Pacers than Siakam Pascal. Yeah. Like what an incredible career he's put together. Um, we actually, I was, when I was coaching at Utah Valley, he was in our league. He was uh, playing at New Mexico State. That's right. And it's an extraordinary story about how he's going. So that's pretty cool, man. I dig it. Yeah, I love very it. cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, what also is very cool is the fact that we now get to talk about two wins in the Big 12 Conference. Yes. How about that, everybody? Yeah. yeah. 
get to the highlights and stats. They are presented by Intermountain Health. And coach, you start out 0-2. You have that game at Baylor. That was a game that I know you thought you had a chance to win. You were there and, and you felt like you let an opportunity slip away. You go to UCF. They have just come off knocking off number three, Kansas, and you go in and take care of business. Yeah, it's, uh, this, uh, Johnny Dawkins is really special to me. I, I think he's one of the great human beings and coaches in college basketball. Um, and he's done an unbelievable job to start this uh, UCF's run in the Big 12. He's already beat Kansas home and just last night or two nights ago beat Texas on the road. Um, he has a really talented, physical, aggressive team and they were all we can handle in an unbelievable venue, by the yeah. way. It was an incredible gym and it was fun. And a big part of it was the Egyptian magician Ali Khalifa <laughs> uh, going to work from the three-point yeah. line and and uh, and moving the ball and actually making plays at the rim like this. This has been celebrated every day on our team. We actually yeah. talked about it. The bench days ago. went nuts with that, yeah. and rightfully so. And um, it, it was it was a huge win. It's hard to win on the road. It's really hard to win on the road in this league. And and for a team like UCF, that is, uh, I mean, they physically dominated teams in the Big 12. That's saying a lot. And um, our guys put together a great effort. I was really really proud and and uh, really really happy with the win. And it was every single person on our team contributed. Well, and you guys showed the toughness. You guys ha you guys led most of the game, and then UCF makes it close at the yeah. end. But you guys, you guys, you never fell through. You, you guys stayed yeah. true, and and you guys fought to the very end, and you get the, the first win in the Big 12, and you're 100th as a coach at BYU. Yeah. It's a, this UCF team uh, has, has a ton of character, so they've come back in every game, whether yep. they've won or lost. They've they've been able to raise deficits down the stretch, and tribute to those guys and and uh, and and coach and. Um, but but you know it was it was actually beautiful to come away with there with a win. It was so fun. It was awesome. We've uh, probably all May, seen next year UCF. Just book your Disneyland tickets <laughs> right now. Come on down. It's in, the the environment is awesome and the games are sure to be great. We've all probably seen the the locker room celebration. But uh, what was what was that like to be a part of and to to share it with those guys? It, it, like. I mean, you know, it's, it's really s pretty special to me. So Trevin Nell has been here for 100 wins, too. Like, he's been here for every game that I have. And you think about, um, you know, uh, you just think about it, it's really humbling. It's a real blessing to be a coach, a teacher, an advisor, a counselor. Like, we all, every, all of us are doing this in our own way. But um, to get to bear witness to these guys um, and how they grow and what they grow into and how they become. And so you think about that and, you know, in that moment, I'm thinking about T.J. Hawes and Jake Toulson and Yoli Childs and Zach Selyus and Dalton Nixon and all the guys, uh, Alex Barcelo and Matt Harms and all these guys that have been here over the last uh, four and a half years um, that earned those wins. And it's pretty cool, man. It's a, it's a pretty exclusive, fun group of people that I dearly, dearly love. What did that uh, 100 jersey mean to you when the guys gave it to you? Well, first thing it meant is I gained a couple of LBs because the jersey was a little <laughs> small. Uh, so, so, but it, I, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it, you know, um, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound ridiculous, but, but, but um, as coaches, we actually have very little to do with these wins. This is, this is special players that we get to coach and, and people in the organization, assistant coaches and everybody else. And so um, I think that's what the collection of 100 is. Really what it is, it's probably been 100 people associated with the organization over the last four and a half years that have got that done. And, and that's what's really special. It's, it's awesome.
Well, and teams, after man, teams, yeah, after win number 100, you had a chance to go for win so 101. We, we, do we? Can we? We have a mobile camera. I have a young lady right here in this pretty purple sweatshirt. I have so much love for you, but it's been a long day. Yes, you look like you're about to pass out on me. Can we get some water? What's your name? Jude. Jude, will you give a shout out to BYU TV real quick? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Jude. That was awesome. So you 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 get the Dude, win over that's UCF. 16 million homes yes. you just were broadcast into. How about that? 16 million. You're gonna have something to brag about at school tomorrow. I can promise you. Yes. <laughs> what are your What are your friends' names right here? Hattie and Hannah. Hattie and Hannah. And. Sophie. Thanks for being here. And I'm sorry, young man. You just totally got left out of the deal. <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for being here, guys. Okay, go. Sorry. So, no, no, no. no. So you get, you get the win at UCF. Now you have an opportunity, and we've talked about in this league, yeah. night in and night out. Yeah. It's a battle. It's a grind every single night. And you get another top yeah. 25 team coming in in Iowa State, and you're shorthanded, yeah. which I think was the first time this entire season you've been shorthanded. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to tell you, so before I came over, because I know we kind of like, I never actually talk about what happened in the game, but, but – uh, I, I was I was trying to think about what we were, what we were covering. I was like, we were covering UCF. I kid you not, it seems like that was two years ago. <laughs> it seemed like it seemed like that was so long. I had to break out a stat sheet and be like, what happened in that game? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it was so long. So that's how this league feels. It's just like, in fact, Iowa State. Um, it seems like it was two weeks ago. It was yeah. 48 hours ago, and um, we're so deep into Texas Tech right now. But it, it's it's pretty awesome that we just get to. I mean, you got to dive in really hard every single game, so it's fun. Yeah, so, yes, the turnaround was really quick. Yeah, and you, you get them here in your place, mm -hmm. and and it was uh, I was actually watching the game on on my app. I was with yeah. the women's basketball team at Oklahoma State. We we're watching it in the hotel room, and you know you you find out that you're not going to have Trevin Nell, yeah. and then Foose. You know you're going to see if he goes. Yeah. Ultimately, he doesn't play. Yeah. And you still win by 15. Yeah, yeah. And what a gutsy performance by your team. Yeah. yeah, it was actually super fun. And, you know, you're sitting in the, in the war room on Monday. It's just a one-day prep. So, you know, we got back. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was a – was it an evening game in, at UCF? Anyway, I don't know what time we got back. We had to land in Arkansas, and then we had a, you know, it's headwind. And sometime Sunday morning we got back. And then actually, uh, you know, it, it's um, – so what happens, we end up with a one-day prep every Tuesday because we don't do any uh, prep basketball work as a team on Sunday. It's a day of prayer, right? And so, um, which is probably actually the best way for us to pr prepare. And I, I actually say that, not kidding. Like, it's for our guys to unwind and think about the things that really, really matter. It's probably the most important thing we can do to prep. And then so Monday is just a slog, just hitting it. So we're sitting in the, in the um, war room on Monday uh, trying to delve through everything you have to go through to try and prep for a team and, and realizing that, you know, we're, our, our roster is be more limited than it has all season. And all of us have been in this long enough to know that good things happen when numbers are down. And we actually cited to ourselves as a staff as we're trying to be like, nope, we're going to be fine. Like, we know how this game's going to work. We actually were thinking about uh, St. Mary's last year, a game that we were down three players, two starters. And um, Trayton Christensen, for example, was playing massive minutes, hadn't played a minute all season. But guys showed up and played great. And, you know, we had the game won, except for Aiden McCain hitting the last second winner. But... Um, 
you know, so that's what we expect in this game. Like, we really went in this game, expected we're really shorthanded, but when that happens, the character of the guys on our team, yeah. guys step up and make plays, and they certainly did uh, Tuesday night in a spectacular performance. Yeah, let's take a look at some of the highlights from that. And like you said, guys stepped up, and then first and foremost, you got to start with the man that finished the night with a career high, and yeah. Spencer Johnson, what an unbelievable performance from him. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Spence, what a year he's having, right? And it, it hasn't always been all good. Um, you know, he's had spaces where where uh, things haven't gone perfectly, but what he has been incredibly consistent about is his ball control, his assist turnover ratio, his work on the glass are every single night things. Um, he's, you know, he's had a bunch of games where he's been incredibly effective, um, uh, disruptively on defense, and then he's had some games like this where he just goes off offensively, and he was just like, talk about a guy that just settled everybody down. You walk in a halftime, he's already got 19, and he's scored every possible offensive glass, transition from the three-point line. Uh, he had a special, special night. Um, we're, we're really excited, you know, and that's that's like the 10th most exciting thing that's happening for him. He's having a baby here in <laughs> yeah. 10 days or two weeks, so uh, he's got a good life right now. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, you look at the these numbers, you end up shooting 47 percent. You get that you win the rebounding edge by two, 21 assists, seven steals. Yeah. And once again, you keep your turnovers, yeah. you keep your turnovers down. And that is such a huge key. For, for every team, but I know you guys yeah. really focus in yeah. on not turning the basketball over. Yeah, it's uh, this turnover is really important because Iowa State's the number uh, top three turnover forcing team in the country, one of the best defensive teams in the country coming in. And so we knew we had our work cut out for us. And for us to be 11, so <clears throat> we played four games in the Big 12. We went from 18 turnovers to 16 to 13 to 11. We're trending exactly where we need to be trending in this league. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get it under 10 and stay under 10 for the rest of the season. It's probably not likely, but I would like that to happen, actually. <laughs> What, what is the, the situation moving forward with, with Trevin and with Foose as we get closer to the weekend in Lubbock? Yeah, so Trev had a morning workout today. He hasn't had any contact, but he had a morning shooting workout, and he was pretty good. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you everything you know, know about Trevin now. <clears throat> so yesterday he had a light workout. It was the first time on the court yesterday. He had a light workout, and then we do, as a team, we'll do uh, shooting breakout sessions where all the guys go to different hoops in the annex, and they'll shoot. And so Trev <clears throat> was down just taking some spot shots, and I was all the way on the other side of the court just watching him to see how, how his health looked. And um, he missed a shot, <clears throat> and like with a terrible limp, kind of took two steps to get the, the ball, and he just happened to look up and catch me looking at him, and he stood straight up and was like, I'm good, coach, I'm good. <laughs> so if it's at all possible, he'll play as soon as he possibly can, but we'll proceed with caution. He's, he's in the middle of an incredible season, and, and he's going to be great when he gets back healthy. No question about it. All right, let's talk a little bit more about that great performance against Iowa State. Let's head into the film room with Richie Saunders and BYU TV's Jerem Jordan. Richie, huge win over Iowa State, man. What did it mean to get that win and now you have a two-game win streak? You know, it felt really, really good. Um, I felt like it was going into the game. We had some people out. Uh, we knew it was going to be all hands on deck. And I don't know, just to come together and be able to do what we did was, it was, it was huge for us. Felt like the biggest win of the year. Uh, top 10 in net, ranked opponent. And TJ Otzelberger, the Iowa State head coach, said that the tempo of BYU gave them problems, and that's epitomized by this first play where you find Jackson, he finds Spencer. 
Yeah, no, I love how much we just, we're running. Like Jax, once somebody secures it, we're all running. Um, I just want to point out, um, look at Jax get the two feet right here. Like that's one thing we stress a lot. That's just like as a key thing, because a lot of times I feel like you would try to force up this tough shot, but you had three guys on him. Um, came to two feet, found Spence in the corner, which was, Spence was freaking amazing. <laughs> Best game I think he's played at BYU. Yeah, like it, was, it was like the quick, like the sneaky 28 or whatever he had, you know, like it's, it's awesome. It's fun to play with him. Okay, you got an incredible rebound here. You tell me whether it's over the back or not. I've, they didn't call it, so I don't know. But uh, you kind of get this one-handed rebound on the dude's head. Yeah, let's watch this thing. I literally, <laughs> during the game, I was like, I don't know how I didn't get called for it. But sometimes <laughs> you got to work hard to be lucky. When, when you're grabbing that board, are you expecting a whistle? Or are you just like, I'm just getting this ball? Let's keep playing until mm. they go, right? Like, yeah. clearly, like, if you if I would have stopped, then I wouldn't have been able to get to the free throw line. And, yeah, no, we talk so much about, we call it wedging, where you're trying mm -hmm. to just wedge the person on the basket, stay on the high side, and a lot of times you don't get it when you go, but you're destined to get a few. And you guys have. You guys have been one of the best rebounding teams in the country. Okay, in the second half, things are getting away from Iowa State here. Perhaps some frustration at the game, at you. I don't know. What happened with Hassan Ward uh -oh. in this flagrant two here? Yeah, I. so get this. The first free throw Noah shoots. I like, I love this right little hash right there during this. Um, I gave him a big jab and looking for my over the top and he bit on it. And so I look back at the bench and I'm like, watch this, like this is about to be good because he just, he bit so hard Did on my Did you say that loud? Jab. I know, I looked back. Like, and it's just it like, just watch this. And he didn't like boom! it. Boom! <laughs> he did not like it. But watch the refs and Coach Pope come in here. Like, we're all fine. But Coach is like, <laughs> <laughs> He turned and, and uh, was like, I want to make sure nothing happens here. Yeah. Some new rules there. The, the whole bench, they're trying to keep everybody out of the way. But no, totally. he just, uh, he didn't like it. He didn't like you or said, I don't know. Yeah, it that was, was a weird moment. Yeah, no, it was. Um, I don't feel like it was needed. I mean, my body is in a little bit of recovery stages from this. But In um, the neck? It's funny because like everybody is talking about how it hit my neck and my head, but I just feel it in my ribs. Well, it ended up being a flagrant too. And after that, it kind of felt like it was over. But... This and one with about four minutes left kind of put the nail in the coffin, in, at least in my mind. What did it feel like to have this play at that juncture and kind of feel like, okay, we did it? Yeah, um, I feel like no matter if there's two minutes left, 30 seconds left, we got to keep going freaking hard. Um, and Noah was patient in the corner. Spence came to the ball like he needed to. And luckily for me, my guy fell asleep for a sec. But, um, you know, that's why I, th I love playing with these dudes is I feel like we just we're trying to play for each other and there's Spence could have totally just taken his little um, little Dirk Nowitzki fade away and like in for that a 30 situation. Piece. Yeah, like literally. But he's unselfish. But he yeah. dished me that. Um, and I love Dallas hype after that and Jax is like everybody's so excited for each other, which I, I think is super fun. Okay, another big one, uh, this time in West Texas in Lubbock against Texas Tech. What will it take to get a uh, third Big 12 win here? Same as it always does. You know, we got to do what we do. Um, crash, shoot open shots, play for each other, defend well. Like, we have to do that, but do it better. Um, there's clearly, like, every single game we're going to play this for the remainder of the season is going to be to the nail. It's going to be intense. Um, and so, you know, we just got to really do what we do and um, play, as a, play as a team. And it's, it's going to be a really fun one. Okay, Richie, thanks for the time, Thank man. Thank you. Can you get on camera?
Richie Saunders and Jerem Jordan. Oh, we got we got a little raucous in there. Yeah, yeah. I just I just right before we came back on, I was like, anybody dying to get on camera? We got some people do it. People yeah. actually really want to get on camera. Yeah, I love it. By the way, I don't know if is Richie maybe the best person to rock a headband since Ralph Macchio and Karate Kid? Yeah. Yes. Am I? Yes. Seriously, can I? Yes. Like, like yes. not everybody can pull that off, yes. but he pulls off, yes. and, and you said it fits his personality yes. perfectly. Yes, it does. What, yes, what, it does. what a great addition to the team, yep. and what he's done now in year number two. Yep. He has he has a role, and he plays it yep. to the max. And it's grown so much. Like, his game has grown so much, and he's awesome. All right, as we break, this is your reminder that your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play -play happens on BYU Sports Nation. Join Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and on BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll go deep blue with strength and conditioning coach Michael Davey and Dallin Hall joins us on the show when BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is presented by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years, and Intermountain Health, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. The words of a prophet inspired Michael Davey to complete his studies and follow his passion. That inspiration has guided him to a career in sports from the Olympics to a world championship and now right here at BYU. Following the Spirit has also allowed him to see the miracles every step of the way. This is Deep Blue with Michael Davey. Born in New Zealand and my family immigrated when I was about 12 to Australia and didn't do too well at high school to be the playing basketball and chasing girls around. So going into junior college, got my degree there and that's where I met my wife. He just had that presence of the Spirit with him because he was just sincere and whenever he talked about anything and he didn't use any profanity at all. And so I kind of felt that drew you to him. We got married pretty early, started to have children. And during that period, I was really struggling to find work. You know, I was working in factories and labor jobs and my dad had a car cleaning business. So I was working for him. And I really uh, got to a point where I was wondering if this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I knew uh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to achieve more and accomplish more. And, and I remember going to a general conference with this in the back of my mind, like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, what, how am I going to support my family? Brethren, you look like a shirt sleeve priesthood. You look all dressed in white, ready to go to work. And the time has come to go to work. And so I say to you, young men, rise up and discipline yourself to take advantage of educational opportunities. When he started to talk about that, that really hit me, hit my spirit. And I knew at that moment that I needed to go back to school and to get as much education as I could. And that's where my real passion for, for basketball started to, to come out of me and, and wanted to pursue sports and, and the sport that I love to support my family. And so that was on the weekend. And then on the Monday, I went straight to the colleges and started to apply. And that was the start of my career journey. 
So it was at the time when he had just finished schooling and at the time he had worked as a youth worker with foster kids. And after about a year and a half of that, the youth work company wanted to offer me a full-time job as a manager and give me a car and significantly better wage. And at the same time, I got offered an internship at one of the, you know, the elite sporting academies in Australia. At the time, obviously, it was a dream or providing, you know, and so he had come to me and we had talked about it, we had prayed about it, and yeah, it just felt right for him to go to the path and direction of the coaching, even though it was low paying, because in the end, it was him doing the job that he was passionate about. Once I got into the internship, and I very quickly started to make work my way through and got more and more responsibility, the full-time job, you know, ultimately led to taking the Australian swim team to London Olympics and two world championships. So it's a real privilege to represent my country and to be a part of that whole process. So you follow one prompting and it changed the whole course of my life. I would have been mid-30s. Got a call from the state president to come in with my wife. He called me as bishop of a newly created ward and my parents happened to be in the ward boundaries. And then halfway through his bishopric time, his dad was diagnosed with cancer. My dad was not an active member of the church. During that period, he really started to think about life. What's after this, this earth life? And my dad happened to be getting chemotherapy treatment at the hospital close to the Brisbane Temple. And I just felt prompted, a spiritual prompting to, to stop and just say hello. And, and, and so we did, we pulled in, we, we, we walked in. And my dad's not a very emotional man. Um, but when we walked in, he just burst into tears. Didn't really think much of it, and it wasn't until the next day that Mum rang up Mike and just said, you'd never guess what Dad told me. Dad had said that he wants to take me to the temple. And he said, Re like, really? He goes, yeah, it was because when you guys came last night, he said it was like he saw angels coming towards him. And he really felt the spirit at that time, and that was like the point where he really felt like I need to take my family to the temple and I have to do it now. It was just a joyful occasion for all the, all the family members. So kind of during that period too, I ended up getting a job with British basketball. You know, Michael interviewed him for his temple recommend. So I think that was uh, something special for Michael and even for his dad. And that, that ended up being the last interview I did as a bishop. And I remember when he left and I was in my office contemplating what just happened, I had a huge sense that my purpose for being a bishop and being in the ward was to seal my own family, not just help the members of the ward. So the call that he got to the Bucks was when he was in England. They said, hey, we've heard about you. We want you to come work for us. They actually said, you know, Wisconsin. And at the beginning, we're like, where's Wisconsin? So we had to kind of like look it up. They know like, we want you right now. So I had to go back to Australia. And I had about two weeks to pack up, basically, and then get to the US. That was his dream from the very beginning. And to kind of feel like you've been given this opportunity, it was like, opened up, you know, he was just so happy. So you could see the hand of the Lord in my life, like just putting things in place and people in my life to help me have the courage to pursue my dreams. He's probably the foremost expert in his profession in the world. I mean, he spent the last seven years as a strength conditioning rehab coach for the Milwaukee Bucks, won an NBA championship with them. And he's coached on three different continents. 
and he's done it at the highest level. The NBA is awesome, but it's so intense. The NBA and college basketball are two completely different worlds. And for Wiz to uh, want to go through the interview process here at BYU was pretty startling. In the end, it just worked the way it's supposed to happen. Certainly, it happened in ways that were beyond my control. But we are super grateful for the gift that he is giving us and the NBA mentality that he is bringing to BYU basketball. You know, one of the things that Coach Pope ha highlighted was, you know, the Sundays were off. He had, like, evenings. He could come home for dinner and stuff like that. Like, those were things that probably a lot of people just have in their lives, where for us, it was not present all the time. To someone in strength and conditioning, I get to spend more time with the players than the coaches do. So you're in the trenches with them, you're getting to know them at a very deep level. In the NBA, you get to coach guys and you get to be there for guys as they go through complicated situations. But in college, you get to actually change the trajectory of young men's lives. And so that really excited me about the job, to be able to merge both my spiritual life and my career together and be able to help impact young people. That was a big driver. Wiz is built to do that. Like, he cares about it. He has these guys over to his house all the time. Like, he's invested in their lives. He takes the time to sit and talk with them about things that have nothing to do with basketball or athletics. I feel like I'm doing the things the Lord wants me to do. Whatever you're passionate about, you can pursue. If you put the work in and you're persistent and you follow the Lord, the counsel on all things and follow the promptings of the Spirit, that, you know, good things will happen. Wow, what a great story. And what yeah. a great addition to the staff. What, what, yeah. has he, what has he brought? I mean, we, you saw yeah. a lot of what he brings yeah. just in that, in that piece. Yeah. But. Uh, his street cred is unbelievable. Um, just he's, he's played at the highest, uh, coached at the highest level with the best players in the world. Um, and so that's a big deal. And then his expertise is off the charts. Like every two weeks he storms into my office with some new upgrade project about how we're going to be, you know, exactly like the Bucks strength and conditioning program. And he's well on his way to getting it done. He pushes really hard. And he's been a gift to our players, um, certainly in terms of their training and, and their mentality. But it's also uh, super important for us that, um, you know, his faith is really important to our organization. And, and uh, his, you know, how, I can't think of, you know, if you understand what a strength coach, a strength and conditioning expert is to a basketball program, what he said, he does spend more time with our players than we're legally allowed to. And the fact that he's also served as a bishop is it's like the perfect training ground for what he's doing now. And he's awesome. Like, it's unbelievable. You think about the best guy in the profession in the world, and he's right here at BYU where I think he should be. <laughs> well, and look, if you're somebody and he's trying to have you do something and you're like, I don't know if I really want it, all he has to say is Giannis did yeah, it. That's right. Giannis is willing that's to do it. Right. And are you going to not do it if Giannis right. is doing it? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, time to bring in our player guest. All he did was finish with 11 points five rebounds, eight assists, and two steals against Iowa State. Oh, and he didn't miss a shot all night long. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dallin Hall. Good to see you. Really fast. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fastest walk. <laughs> so has, has, has Coach Davey pulled that on you? Like, hey, Giannis is willing to do it. 
Yes. Drew Holiday did it. You know what I mean? Like He's like, add some more weight. Drew did it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to start um, with this. Are, are you aware that you are a heartthrob on social media? Uh, if you, has this been brought to your attention? Do you know what, bad, do you know what I'm talking about? Question, that's you a tough can't say opener, yes. Right? <laughs> can't say yes. I'm not. Okay, all right. So, so this is a real thing. We're, this is not just shtick for the show, okay? From there, there's like high school musical tributes on social media to you. I don't know if you've seen those. There's also a PowerPoint presentation. And speaking of that PowerPoint presentation, We've got it for you, so oh, take a look yeah, at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sit down the hall to take me on a date, and this is why. All right, number one, I beat your teammate Spencer Johnson in a game of pig. If you ask him about it, he will tell you. I was also on an intramural basketball team that won the championship, and the girl standing next to me in that picture is married to one of your teammates, so I think that speaks for itself. In closing, I have a few testimonials. Elise is a top-tier human. She makes absolutely everything fun. She's a baller and will probably destroy you on the basketball court, but don't let that scare you away. I think my favorite part of that is, and I think that speaks for itself. I think that's, <laughs> people putting PowerPoint presentations on why you should go on a date with them. Yeah, that was a strong start. Shout out Spencer Johnson. <laughs> you know. is, is there anybody here trying to get a date with Down Hall? Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 uh, well, look, it's when you, that's it's very flattering. I'm going to assume, yes. Super flattering. Or or humiliating based <laughs> on a couple of the reactions here. Yeah. I highly recommend going and searching out the High School Musical tribute to you. It's actually it's actually quite good. All right, so so let's let's uh, let's start here. It, it's been a few days since it happened, and like Coach said, it probably feels like it was a lifetime ago. But what was the thrill like getting that first Big 12 win? Going back to the UCF win, take me back to Orlando. Right, um, that was huge. Uh, obviously, it was a, a iconic moment in history for BYU. Um, we definitely approached the game just like every other game we try to, um, but we knew the importance of getting a win out there just because this league, every win matters. And the thrill after that one was like, that's probably one of the best feelings I've had here at BYU. In that environment with those guys, super fun. Coach, you've got the smile on your face. Like, you're oh, something you want to I'm say. I'm still at the PowerPoint. We've got to move on. Past that was pretty legit. Thing. There's you no question about it. you slow death over here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so after UCF, you get an opportunity to take on another top 25 team. You get Iowa State in, in your building, and, and you guys are without Trevin. You're, you're without Dawson, who's now out, out for the year, obviously. Foose doesn't play, and you still win by 15 points. And that really, and Coach and I were talking about it earlier, that really has been the MO of this team, that when you guys are down or maybe without a guy or two, somebody is always there to step up, and that really has been what this team has been all about this year. Yeah, I think that's our identity, our character is next man up. And it really all stems back to, to what we are as a team. We play for each other. And so, you know, obviously everyone has personal goals, but we've all decided to put the team first. <laughs> and with that mentality, it allows for any guy to have a, a career night on any night. I know the conference season is only, you know, four games old, but what's been your impressions? We, we spent so much time talking about what it was going to be like. Now that you've played four games in the Big 12, how, how is reality versus maybe what you thought? Uh, I think it's everything I wanted and, and more, everything we wanted and more, to be honest. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, the goal, the dream is to be able to compete and play against the best players in the world. 
And with this conference we're in, that's a reality every night. And it gives us uh, players here at BYU in this program a really special opportunity to prove ourselves on a level that we haven't been able to before each night. And so I think we really relish it. And we just go out there and try and put our best foot forward every night. All right, coming up, some uh, fun and games with Coach Pope and Dallin Hall, and I may get involved as well. That's when BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Can you see it? This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And it's time for the game portion of tonight's show. Star Wars trivia, we're calling Trivia Wars. Whoa, coach. <laughs> you gotta activate that thing. How do you do it, dude? Gotta be By the way, he didn't even know we were doing something Star Wars. He just brought the lightsaber. Really? How about that? Wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, I got a hook. Ooh! Yeah! yeah. I think I look like one of, not one of the sexier Star Wars people. <laughs> okay, he's going to go Jedi here. Here's the wrinkle, though. Instead of Coach Pope going against Dallin, Coach Pope is going to be the one that sort of acts as the moderator and asks the questions, and it's going to be Padawan versus the Ooh. Jedi Master. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Mm, all he's right. He's throwing down. Right? Okay. I don't, I don't have the braid. <laughs> okay, so, Coach, if, do you want to come over here oh, yeah. to the podium? And, I need to hold this. And, and so here's yeah. what we're going to do. So each player will be asked a question. If it's answered incorrectly, the other player has a chance to steal the answer. First one to get three correct is the winner. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. We do not know. We do and not know the is questions. This guy just throw it out there, and the first person to answer goes. Uh, you ask me, and then if I or one of the two. So you can start with Dallin. You okay. can ask Dallin the first question. All right, Dallin, first question. And where is the first question? <laughs> oh, there you go. There's my iPad. Yes. I'm looking at the teleprompter. Like, we did go through a run through. I promise. Yes. Um, question number one: How many moons on Tatooine? Moons or suns? Oh, nice. Uh. Two suns, I'm not sure about the moons, honestly. Okay, so you do so I, do I leave? Do I so now? So I'll answer this. You, so yeah. So just say a number. Okay. Uh, seven. That is incorrect. Okay. Young Padawan. Say I am like you. I would have immediately thought of the two suns, thinking that's what the question was. I'm going to take a guess and say. Eight. Wrong. Wrong. Oh. Anybody in the audience want to take a guess? One guess for some cookies. Go. Three. Three. That is correct. Oh, What's your name? Let's go, baby. Okay, Get so that's the Jedi. Yes. Yeah, that's the Jedi Master right there. Okay, this one's All for right, me. All right, Chef, this is for you. Okay. Who was the original commander of the Death Star? Original commander of the Death Star. Boy, did I set myself up for failure tonight. Uh... <laughs> The original commander um, of the Death Star was. Um, if you get this, I'm gonna freak out. This is incredible. And I get the lightsaber. I'm gonna go, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, wow, that is amazing. That is true. Yes. Chef is up one zero. If you keep the score. There we go. Dallin, what is the name of Boba Fett's ship? A slave one. Wow. Yeah. Dallin Hall ties it up. <laughs> Okay, 
check. Okay. In what month were all six original Star Wars films released? That would be May. Why would it be May? May the 4th. Yes. Yes. May. Well done. Yes. Step up to one. <laughs> Dallin Hall, what species is Jar Jar Binks? He's a gun gun. He's a gun gun. <laughs> no hesitation. Yes. All right. Okay. Come Time on. up 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Okay, Shep. Okay. What legendary composer composed the music for the original Star Wars films? Legend indeed, John Williams. Wow, that is impressive. Yes. So now you have a chance to tie, is that correct? Yep, we got okay. several more questions. Okay, all right. Question number seven, Dallin down, three, two. Who was cloned to create Count Dooku, Doku's, Dooku? Dooku. <laughs> Count Dooku's clone <laughs> army. Uh, Django Fett. <laughs> yeah? Yes! Yeah? <laughs> okay. All right, all we're right. tied up at three apiece. Okay, Shut. yes. Who is Kylo Ren's grandfather? Uh, grandfather is Darth Vader, oh. a.k.a. Anakin. He's nice. That is exactly correct. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> we do genealogy here. We know that. Step up. Genealogy. 4-3. <laughs> Dallin, to try and tie it up, in what material was Han Solo transported to Jabba the Hutt? Frozen carbonite? Is wow, that, that is yeah. amazingly correct. Yes, yes. Let's go, baby. The first uh, we're strong with this one. We're down to our last two questions. Okay. It's a tie okay. game right now. So question 10 for Shep. Which Star Wars actor requested their lightsaber be purple so he could find himself better on the screen? He's in every movie ever made, Samuel L. Wow. Jackson. Yes, without hesitation. <laughs> that was good. I heard this one's worth three points. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dallin, going for the tie. Which is the first original theatrical Star Wars film where Jabba the Hutt is seen? Oof. Uh, I'm going to go with... Mmm. Oh. You want me to read the question again? Yeah. Which is the first <laughs> original theatrical Star Wars, the first Star Wars film where Jabba the Hutt is seen? He's actually seen. I'm trying to think if they went back and put it in, but I'm going to go with... Four. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Wait. No, that's it. Are you, you, when you say four, you're talking about. Wait, wait. This says episode six, but did we get our Roman numerals incorrect, or is that Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. Jedi's the original. So Dallin Hall, the young Padawan, still has much to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they put it back yes, in. Yes. Yes, they digitally put him back in the in in the New Hope. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, there's controversy. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Should we call it a tie? Let's do it. All right. Well done. Well done. Well done. All right. When we come back, social media Q and A with Coach Adele and BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. BYU basketball with Mark Pope is presented by Siegfried and Jensen helping Utah families for over 30 years. OctoHealth, decode your DNA, design your destiny. And Ken Garth, we hear you. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. That's right. 
Let's head to social media for our first Q&A segment of the season. It's presented by Ken Garf. We hear you. And uh, th Dallin, this one is for you. And it comes from uh, at Minty Buck. It says, Dallin, what was it like meeting Donovan Mitchell in high school? And then a follow-up, do you still hear from him? <laughs> uh, it was uh, really awesome how invested he was here in the community. And he gave me some good advice. It was cool for him to show that support. Um, Tell the story about how you met him. Okay, yeah. Uh, state championship game, he pulls up. I didn't notice until I, I hit a three in the second half and I was yelling like I do sometimes. <laughs> and uh, made eye contact with him. I was like, holy, that's Donovan Mitchell. And then post game, we were celebrating. We had just won state and he told me to come down and talk to him and he gave me some good advice. And so that was a really cool moment for me. The flip side, the embarrassing part of it is uh, he actually, <laughs> I, I have Twitter, but I haven't been on it since the mission, and he reached out last year after a game, and I didn't see it till now. So <laughs> we're going to hopefully so establish Donovan some and Dallas might not be on good terms <laughs> yeah. right now. Oh, that's funny. Right now. That is funny. All right, we appreciate the social media question. Now for this week's and one trivia question, and it seems appropriate since the Cougars will be uh, hitting the road to take on Texas Tech. Which one of these four famous people were not born in Lubbock, Texas? Trey Young, Buddy Holly, Jamie Foxx, or Lincoln Riley? The answer coming up next. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Here's tonight's trivia question. The question is this, which one of these four famous people were not born in Lubbock, Texas? Trey Young, Buddy Holly, Jamie Foxx, Lincoln Riley. Any, any quick guesses from you? Which was not born in Lubbock? There you go, Jamie Foxx. He was born in Texas, but he was born uh, about west of Dallas. So there is your answer. Time to get to know the foe. Saturday in Lubbock, BYU faces Texas Tech. So let's get to know the foe. Presented by Octo Health. Decode your DNA. Design your destiny. If you're into fajitas, you're going to get the traditional tortilla toss while you're down there. So you've got that to look forward to, right? I love fajitas. Yeah, hopefully, maybe low carb. I don't know. Maybe you know you can do something like that. But look, what, what is the traditional tortilla toss? They throw tortillas out. That's like at the players. I think they throw them on the court. <laughs> Yeah, so. During the game? I don't know if it's during the game. <laughs> I don't think that you're going to be having to dodge the defender and tortillas. That tomorrow. We, you know, we do Get things in practice. Like we make the sound really loud. We'll change the lighting, and tomorrow we'll have tortillas in practice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. Thanks for everybody tonight for Pradesa Hemahimuli. Hammer, the rest of the crew down.